0: the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple
1: Podcast Network. Prosecutors love a speedy trial. Oh, they love a speedy trial. They want to throw the book at him. They have a date. Donald Trump set to be in court May 20th of next year for this silly document stuff. That just came out. And he may be indicted by the end of the day in uh, another crazy fraud case, fraud on their part, the government's. Um, All right, get to that in a second. I don't think there's going to be any trial on May twentieth of next year. That's ridiculously too soon. The case is um, a joke. There is some complexity to it with all this intelligence stuff and classified uh, clearances that people are going to have to get. Uh, Boy, they must have a trial in May. In May, look, it's a right to a speedy trial, but that doesn't mean you. You can forego that right, you can forego it. You have a right to a speedy trial, but you know what <laughs> if uh if you don't want one you don't have to you don't have to, it doesn't have to be that fast' there's no compulsion uh there's no uh, directive that it be speedy if the defendant doesn't want it to be speedy in this case, certainly in a white collar case, these things get punted all the time, and we have to talk about proportionality. there's a principle called proportionality that I learned uh from the Charlie Manson Helter Skelter case. We'll get to that in a second. Hey, what do we think of Tony Bennett? Tony Bennett died, age 96, a New Yorker, Astoria, Queens, um, great veteran of World War II. He saw some very serious combat in World War II. Um, all morning long, I'm seeing these kids who <laughs> never met him, never don't know him, never heard of him, talk about him. You know? like, they've got some very young people on TV. That's great, but uh, they don't know anything about Tony Bennett. I'm not. Necessarily an expert myself. The music was somewhat before my time, but I did meet him a number of times. He used to come on the Good Day Show. Um, very nice man. Quiet. There was a there was a quiet and serious. And uh what he what he said was, you know, he would i I've seen this in interviews, he'd save the passion for the stage. And then, you know, it's a, he's a running a business uh the rest of the time. And um he's very disciplined. He uh an expert. Very beautiful. Do you know he suffered from uh, drug addiction and all that stuff? Um, he beat it. He beat it. And the story is, uh, is a great one, how he beat it. We'll get to that in a moment. But let's see. There's a, here's Tony Bennett talking about, I think the interview, was, the interview was trying to find out, do women throw themselves at you? And uh, Tony Bennett, a bit too classy for that. And he uh, kind of explains his audience and, and how he developed his act to appeal to so many people.
2: Uh, That is. Go ahead. And speaking of romance, uh, how
3: how do you how do women react to you when when they see you at a show or they see you at the supermarket or in the street? What type of reaction do you get? Well,
4: you know, funny enough, I've I've had very good training because I I didn't really go to school a lot for for performing, but I really out of necessity I just went to work in vaudeville. At the end of vaudeville, I played seven shows a day at the Paramount and or across the country like the state theater in Cleveland and places like that the Fox theaters and it's when when the big bands were just dying out and mm-hmm. the, the singers became uh, in focus because it was more economical for the for the owners of the theaters to to uh, go with whatever was popular and uh, I learned to play to the whole audience I didn't play to women mm-hmm. I played to the, 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 the any demographic group I played to the whole family because if you're doing seven shows a day, you start out in the morning with the young, teeny boppers, in the afternoon the grandparents, because they're kind of retired, mm-hmm. and in the evening young lovers and and people that are married. So you, at the end of by the end of the day, you play to every every demographic group, and you really had to communicate to each group. Mm-hmm. And I learned to just play to the whole family, and uh, I like it that way too. Yeah. And every once in a while, I got lucky <laughs> you know, yeah. with with a, with, uh, a lady. Yeah. yeah, once in a, so, a while,
3: there, there it is. is. A small list, right?
4: Uh, well, <laughs> Whatever, you know. But I'm just saying that's a, you ask me a question, I'm giving you an yeah, answer. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> and with, but I uh,
1: mean, uh, it's one bad thing about being a celebrity. Tough thing about being a celebrity. You got to go around getting interviewed by. Sometimes they're jerks. <laughs> Sometimes they're trying to show off themselves, um, but. Ah, That guy was trying his best, whoever was interviewing him. Here's uh, Piers Morgan, and um, Tony Bennett wrote a couple of books over the years. Uh, His career really hit a rough patch. He was in financial difficulty. Uh, He was, uh, I guess, suffering uh, from addiction, and a couple of other things were going on. And his son, Danny, came in and just kind of resurrected his entire career from the business standpoint. Um, So this is the part about, I think, drugs. Now, like we were just talking about, Sometimes these guys talk too much. The interviewers, uh, Piers is famous for that. Piers Morgan. So this is mostly Piers Morgan talking. But uh, let's go.
3: In your autobiography, published in '98, you you shed light on a kind of darker time you had in Hollywood, uh, mainly in the '70s. And you said this about drugs: cocaine flowed as freely as champagne, and soon I began joining the festivities. At first, it seemed like the hip thing to do. But as time went on, it got harder and harder to refuse it when it was offered. The whole thing started sneaking up on me. I overindulged. I quickly realized I was in trouble. You were going through what almost every Hollywood star goes through at some stage. When you see the younger stars these days, or younger entertainers, it's not called necessarily stars, mm-hmm. but when you see how much more available drugs now are, even than they were in your day, perhaps, do you, does it concern you?
4: Correct. I learned uh, Jack Rollins, uh, Woody Allen's mm-hmm. manager, he said that he, he managed Lenny Bruce years ago, who is a brilliant man, and he made one sentence that changed my life. He said he sinned against his talent. Mm-hmm. Somehow or other, at any given moment you can learn, you know, and that sentence did it for me. I realized that I thought I was doing well with the drugs, and it, I really wasn't. And I realized that I'm sinning against the gift that was given to me by nature and by my influence and my great family. And it really stopped me cold. I did not withdraw. I had no uh, recovery period. The minute I stopped it, I felt relieved. I felt normal. I didn't have to hide to smoke or do other naughty things. I was, all of a sudden, I was just honest.
5: Hmm.
1: I remember hearing about his addiction when I was a kid, in my life, like 12 or something like that, and I thought like, I never conceived of somebody who wore a suit and tie as a drug addict. It just went it was just so far removed. I mean junkies were you know you 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 know the type in the street and that kind of thing. I had just never conceived of somebody you know so elegant, so classy, so talented so Refined and you know gentlemanly is having a having a problem. It just it's so incongruent. You know what I mean? But people are people, and uh, I admire how he, how he spoke. You know, it reminds me of uh, who's the guy who did the song "La Freak Freak Out"? La <Brazilian Hawaiian> freak chic. It's called chic. And what's that guy's name again? Oh damn it! The guitar guy was really good. Um, he told the story that one time somebody played a uh, record for him a recording of his own performance when he was high. And he he was high, and you know, he thought he was great, but no, not so great. Uh, Niall Rogers is the name. And um, he heard it, and he's like, wow, that's terrible. i got to stop. And that whole sin against one's talent, right? Um, but you don't have to have any world-class talent to uh, sin against whoever you are, whatever you are. Um, you know, being the best he can be, I don't think he can do it with drugs and alcohol. Uh, you know, some people can do alcohol in moderation. I personally could not. And, uh, you know, one is never enough, you know, and just keep going and going and going. So, um, uh, kick that, but mm, what else about him? Great guy, quiet, and uh, very successful. You notice I'm not playing any music uh, by Tony Bennett. I have no clue. The Heart in San Francisco, and that's it. I'm no expert. I don't know anything about that music. There's not one Tony Bennett song in my whatever, in my iPhone here, my playlist. I guess you can get some, but um, imagine that working all the way to your late 80s, early 90s. Good for him. Good for him. Rest in peace. And an American hero. I don't know about the funeral or whatever, but it will... Hopefully, he deserves full military honors. Saw very serious combat in Italy, I believe, at the tail end of uh, of World War II. Things were still things were still really raging there. Um, hey, can I play you something? This is Chuck Schumer, and he should be in jail um, for this. He should be in jail. This is 10 times worth. This is what they accused Donald Trump of, of doing, but Donald Trump didn't do it. A Democrat did it by the name of Schumer. Chuck, cut 13.
6: And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions.
1: You know what that sounds like? They're conspiring to uh, violate his civil rights to having a life. That sounds like a conspiracy to violate Kavanaugh's rights somehow, doesn't it? You know, this is what they're trying to get Trump on. Uh, Code 241, 18 U.S. Code 241, conspiracy against rights. We could have an indictment of Donald Trump, another one. They're revealing themselves. This is a corrupt regime. This is a totally backwards, uh, screwed up country we have right now. It is a shame. I never thought it would happen. Did you really? I mean, America was solid. It was solid. We had customs and rules and laws and expectations and even in the 60s and 70s when everything was going crazy, uh, you know, in the middle of all that nonsense, <laughs> Americans came out and voted for peace and tranquility. Well, they voted for Nixon, 40, 49 states. But in in the middle of all the chaos, there were people who were not signing up for that. And that was, you want to call it the establishment? I don't know, but now... People who know better are going along with this stuff. The Form 1023, big news, big news, shows that Hunter and Joe Biden may have received $10 million, at least, from a, uh, uh, from a Ukrainian oligarch who wanted them to do certain very specific things, like get a prosecutor fired, does not make the news, not a lick on the news. <laughs> may I hear, uh, let's check out World News Tonight, can we cut 15?
6: Tonight, the images
1: coming in now—the monster tornado touching down in oh, EF2. Yeah. We- that's David Muir. Yeah, we, of course, he's not going to do it. Um, with this uh, new ruling, though, this new code that they're trying to get Trump on, even liberals don't know what the hell it means. 18 U.S. Code 241, conspiracy against rights. Now, that's what Schumer's definitely guilty of. All right? Uh, listen to this guy—he's a Trump hater on MSNBC uh, and a lawyer. He does not know. He does not know what to make of this. And he's faking it. I think you'll be able to pick up that he's faking it. Cut 21.
3: Explain that to me, Chuck. Well, Sure, Katie, I'll try. Um, So we all have rights conferred upon us by the Constitution and the laws of the United States. We can we can travel. We can publish. We can speak. We can petition our government. We can vote. Now, if somebody or some buddies uh, if somebody conspires with others to threaten one of those rights, Katie undermine one of those rights, oppress one of those rights, that's a federal crime
1: ooh that's a federal crime this is this these are sinister, bad people trying to trap somebody trying to <laughs> here's a man. how can we get him in trouble it's not supposed to work that way, and I think if you listen carefully enough, you can kind of tell that. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening here. Cut 22.
3: This statute would cover the oppression, the threatening of the right of citizens or members of Congress to vote, to exercise a privilege, a, a right guaranteed to them by the Constitution and the laws of the United States. You know, it's not clear at first blush that that the, that the uh, special counsel would cite, but it makes sense to me. I've seen it used. I've read the statute carefully, and it's sensible, Katie.
1: It's sensible, Katie. You know what you're describing? What is really a crime? <laughs> the guy we started with a little bit earlier, Schumer. Explain
7: that to me, Chuck.
1: No, no, sure, no, 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 no. And no, they're taking the, away fundamental rights. I want to tell you,
6: Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions.
1: That is the crime you're talking about, Mr. Rosenberg, Chuck Rosenberg. That's the crime, Jack Smith. Hmm? You're indicting the wrong guy. And can I say you will reap the whirlwind? No, I wouldn't say that because that would sound very menacing and threatening. And I'm not going to do that because I'm a respectful person, even though you don't deserve any respect. Right. I don't want to violate any laws here, so I don't call for things like that. You get it? Chuck Schumer, I think he has an office in New York City. He deserves a visit from the FBI.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast
1: Network. You know, I'm so glad they got that Gilgo Beach guy. Uh, the wife has now asked for a divorce. You heard about that? See the picture of them. They look... Oh boy, they... Uh, what is their lo- What are their lives like? What it's going to be like? I, you know, I feel bad for him. I really do. But, but um, I don't think they knew anything about it. We're hearing that from the authorities. I talked to the police commissioner out there, Rodney Harrison. He said that um, the very first thing he said was um, uh, "They say he didn't understand why he was being arrested. And they kept out, we were arresting him for the Gilgo Beach murders. They said, what? He was in total shock. And then uh, they said they read him his rights. And he said, yes, I want a lawyer. I want a lawyer. They were hoping that he would talk. On the way, they, one of the reasons why they arrested him on Fifth Avenue, because they would have to drive him all the way to Riverhead, and they thought that over the ride, you know, that would be a u- unique opportunity to, uh, to get the guy to talk, um, but that did not happen. He kept his mouth shut. He's on suicide watch, and uh, let's see, what else here? Um, I just really respect that guy, the commissioner, Rodney Harrison. He went out there basically the first week on the job. Uh, January of last year, and walked the crime scene himself. That guy, Ray Tierney, the new district attorney, he was uh, like, we're going to solve this thing. And a couple of weeks later, (laughs) they solved it. I mean, they found this guy. That was the the key link. Now, have you heard that there are, um, gosh, there's plenty of blame to go around. I mean, that DA, Spota was that his name? Uh, Very strange arrangement he had with the chief of police, Burke. Uh, everybody seems to know that Burke was um, a little bit uh, out there in a lot of different ways and may have had a taste for uh, prostitutes himself. And he did not like the FBI hanging around Suffolk County so much because sooner or later his name was going to come up. I'm not saying he was the Gilgo Beach murderer, although some people thought that for a long time. I don't think anybody thinks that now. But, uh, you know, yeah, he's having prostitutes come all over the place and uh, parties and this, that, and the other thing. And he just wasn't comfortable with the fbi would this thing have been solved a long time ago it should have been it should have been gone through it a million times you know what they had they had the type of vehicle an avalanche they had a description of the guy six foot five they knew the calls were coming from uh massapequa park which is incredibly small uh they knew that the other calls were coming from midtown manhattan what the hell um that's enough right there Let's see the post accused Gilgo Beach serial killer Rex Hoyerman may have murdered victims at his family's home while his wife and kids were out of town because it gave him all the time in the world and access to items such as tape and burlap bags. According to a law enforcement source, I always figured he did it at the beach. Now it looks like he did it at his house, that terrible house right in the middle of that nice neighborhood.
0: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
6: And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you... (laughs) Go forward with these awful decisions.
1: Well, that's a crime right there, man. That is a major crime. That is what they are accusing Donald Trump of having done. What did Donald Trump say? Peacefully and patriotically, remember? Peacefully and patriotically. Up and down, tweeting like crazy. Videos, tweets, be peaceful. Respect law enforcement. It is America. You are allowed to question authorities. You are allowed to question them. Not threaten them, Schumer. Not threaten them, Chuck. Because you know what? People made good on your threat. Some maniac in California loaded up his bag full of guns and uh, and made the trip all the way to Washington, D.C., right to Brett Kavanaugh's house. He wanted to chop off his head. He wanted to chop off his head. Good thing, uh, good thing there was a U.S. marshal sitting out front. Uh, that could have happened. And not to mention all the throngs of people parading up and down, which is also against the law. You know, you're not allowed to... Uh, protest in front of a judge's house. You can in front of a senator's house. You can in front of the White House. You can in lots of places. But you can't do it in front of a judge. Why? Because, well, we want those guys to be impartial. We want those guys to not be threatened or intimidated because that could influence their vote. I would say you just violated all kinds of civil rights. You just broke all kinds of laws right there, right there. You are guilty. You're projecting you're projecting. What does that mean? What do you what does it mean when you project when you accuse others of doing what you're already doing and they're innocent? Wow. That really is something, huh? They're going to bring him. They're going to they're going to bring Trump back to court. This is the third phony indictment. What a disgrace. People have people know that, but I'm getting I'm, I'm worried. You know, Democrats, they basically control the infrastructure of this uh, country. They control corporate America, they control the media, they control academia, they control uh well now the military, even components of law enforcement uh, which should be you know apolitical right um, they control all of it. You know what really bothers me we can 't protest. I mean, I want to go out and protest. I want to not hit the streets, I want to hit the sidewalk with a sign right in front of that courthouse or right in front of uh jack smith's office but you know after january 6th and after all those doors being left open and uh, after they try to frame all those people and did frame all those people do you feel comfortable doing that uh i don't uh i don't want to take that risk part of it is well i can't say i can't i can't say right now i'm, I'm not allowed to say but you can probably figure out what i want to say regarding January sixth. Hmm? Um, but we have to leave that alone for now. Are we just going to sit here and take it, though? I mean, (laughs) uh, this is illegal, what they're doing. I have said it before. What can we do? We can give money. You can give money. I don't care if you got a dollar. Give money to a candidate of your choice. A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. Do it. Do it now. Get get involved. A thousand people giving one dollar is a thousand times better than one guy giving a thousand bucks. Get involved. Uh, You can do that. You can get on social media. Made your voice heard, known, say controversial things, or not even so controversial. I mean, right now, saying that uh, transgender uh, teachers, uh, cross-dressing individuals, don't belong in the schools, reading to our kids at special story time uh, occasions, festivities, that shouldn't be happening, right? Not too long ago, you could get arrested for doing that. Now you can get canceled for being a critic of it. You know, Donald Trump. You know what the the thing that really outraged people, really made people mad, the left, the most egregious thing they think he did was when he stood up and he said, "No transgender in the military." No trans. Even the general said he was out of his mind. The whole country's gone out of its mind. Thirty years, thirty years after "Don't Ask, Don't Tell," you say "No transgender in the military," and you're the bad guy. That's crazy. That's weird. That's where we are. We're going to make it through somehow. It's going to take a miracle, though. It's going to take a miracle. Hey, is this the anniversary of uh, John F. Kennedy Jr.'s death? I think it is. It would be. I remember it was July of 1999. He flew that plane to Martha's Vineyard. At least that's where he was trying to get. And uh, I really feel bad, felt badly for him. You know, I was a pilot myself. I learned how to fly. On Long Island, um, I flew a lot over the Long Island Sound. I flew a lot over Connecticut, but I never would fly to to Block Island or Martha's Vineyard. It was too far over water. I didn't feel comfortable doing that, and I didn't have that much experience back then. I would do it now. I would do it later, but not back then. When you learn how to fly initially, like— After you get like a hundred, after you first get your license, that's when you're the most dangerous. (laughs) Maybe, maybe a hundred hours after that, because you don't know what you don't know. And I could see how he would think that he was qualified to make that flight. Legally, letter of the law, he may have been, but uh, what happened was it was foggy and he couldn't see the horizon. You got to be able to see out the window. Most of the time, most pilots, you got to see outside the window. They're not qualified to just fly based off the instruments. And he went down. Let's see. This is CBS News on this day in 1999, cut nine.
8: John F. Kennedy Jr. and his wife and her sister took off from Caldwell, New Jersey, a small place not far from New York City, about 8:30 Eastern Time last night. While no flight plan was uh, was filed, none had to be under the circumstances of this flight. Uh, they were bound for Martha's Vineyard. The plan was the plane was due there about 10 o'clock. Never got there. Radar contact is believed to have been made just after 9.30, believed to have been made about 17 miles west of Martha's Vineyard in that gay head area. And the aircraft was believed at that time to be down uh, to about 2,000 feet. Footnote, bottom of the page, reminding again that there are two eye Air witnesses who say that they saw and heard a small plane uh, 20 to 50 or 60 feet uh, off the water at about that time, that is 9.30 to uh, 945 i think that
1: witness report was bogus by the way there's always initial reports so here's the deal that report was from july 16th this is the day i believe they recovered the plane they found the plane with the bodies in it um the body of john f kennedy jr his wife carolyn Bissett, right and carolyn Bessette's sister um yeah that was terrible what a what an interesting guy jfk jr imagine that right you're the flesh and blood of jf kennedy john f kennedy and jacqueline onassis the two most famous glamorous people in the world and um he looked the part didn't he with those double-breasted suits and the hair and the you know the sculpted chiseled face and uh i remember when he failed the bar exam and they were giving him a hard time about that i uh I thought that was unfair. He didn't have to he didn't have to go to well, most of these rich kids, you know, they don't break a sweat. A lot of them don't. Gosh, look at him. He went to law school. He, he didn't have to do that. He took the bar exam. Didn't have to take it once, let alone 3 times. Good for him. Uh, what else about that guy? He had a lot of emotional intelligence. You know, he hung around with Mike Tyson. He actually was friendly with Mike Tyson. All kinds of people. Um, and he would have been president probably. He would have been president had he not died at the age of, uh, of 39, 39, a, a real, a real New Yorker too.
2: Right, Tom? Hello. Uh, hey, Greg, how are you? Uh, I I'd just like to say, uh, John Kennedy, uh, when you first start flying, the first thing you uh, learn is that you make a 180 if you're flying into any kind of obscuration. And, uh, I'm j- also jealous of you flying. Harry is a. The biggest plane I ever flew was a Cessna 172, but that's uh, for another time.
4: Huh.
1: Well, good for uh, you. It's uh, it's fun, right? You know.
2: Oh my God! Yeah.
1: So
3: what else?
2: Uh, okay, so the thing is that we have a major problem in this country, and that is the press not reporting on events that really affect our lives. And I think that the, uh, the media, the networks, should somehow get together and have a a roundtable conference on to what we can actually do to get the press to do their job. And what I would like to say is that the way these people went to the judge's house, I think that people should go to the producers or whoever's responsible for NBC, CBS, ABC, whoever is responsible for putting the news on the air, and go put 20, 30 people in front of their house in Westchester, wherever it is, and say, why are you not reporting on this? I mean, Biden would have been impeached years, a year ago if if the public actually knew how bad this stuff is. But all we hear about is Trump. And again, it's a fundamental, you know, I'm I'm about solving problems. And the problem we have is the press.
1: Well, all right. But your solution is not a practical one. I mean, you know, it's just not going to. They have the right to be biased. They have the right to be wrong. They they do. I hate it, you know, but I don't think uh, showing up at some – look, you've got other things to do. You can't find some executive at ABC News and go out fr- outside his house. I don't think that's practical. It's not going to happen. It's not happening now. I don't think some roundtable is going to do it. However, what I do think could possibly work is a new – um Website, media company, whatever dedicated to the truth. Now there are a lot of media companies out there that say they're dedicated to the truth, but they don't relentlessly cover um the things that they relentlessly cover on the other side. For instance, the Russia hoax. I counted all the articles that the New York Times wrote about the Russia hoax, right, during the Mueller investigation. Uh one thousand thirteen hundred and thirty seven. How many articles did they write about the Durham Report? Two. (laughs) But guess what? Conservative media is not that much better. Conservative media. They only wrote three articles in the Wall Street Journal about the Durham report, which, of course, exposed all kinds of uh, FBI misconduct. And uh, the New York Post, I think they wrote five, which is better. Uh, Fox News Sunday did not even mention the Durham report the Sunday after it came out. So I always make a point, you know, I do that other show sometimes, and um, I always make a point. Some conservative broadcasters, instead of covering the news, they will go right to critiquing why didn't the mainstream media cover the news. Instead of actually covering it themselves. Uh, And that was a real problem I had with the Durham report. I did about three days on that dumb thing. It It was a bad report. It was written in such a bureaucratic way to obscure and. kind of confuse people and help the FBI dodge responsibility. Um, But, Tom, I don't think that's going to work. And you're all about solving problems, but have you done any of the things that I've mentioned? Have you given any money to candidates?
2: Absolutely.
1: Have you, are you on social media? No. Get on social media. Have you written a letter to any public official?
2: Uh, Yes, I have.
1: Uh, and have you do you vote in all the elections?
2: I, I vote in all the elections. All right.
1: You're three for four. Pretty good. Pretty good. You're an active citizen. But I don't think badgering, you know, there's so much media criticism and I do it and it's interesting and it needs to be done. But it's not moving the needle. And I think we got to start maybe something else, something new. Maybe you could help.
2: Well, that's why I say there should be some sort of roundtable
1: and have people. Who's going to go to this roundtable? Where is this roundtable going to be? Who's going to lead it? What's going to what do you mean? That sounds like let's start a commission. Let's start. Let's have a blue ribbon panel. Those things don't work. You could be the president of the United States and convene a blue ribbon commission. Those things don't work. Just ask Trump. He'll tell you he's not going to do any of that stuff anymore. It's always some socialite who wants something to do. And nothing gets done. They put a report out in two years that nobody reads. So it's not a round table that's going to fix this thing. It's you piping off on social media, voting and giving money and getting your friends to give money. And maybe, maybe some enlightened guy out there who has the resources to start, to start maybe another. I don't know. I don't know. I still got to. I'm still tinkering with what actually should be done. But in the meantime, I came up with those steps. Thank you, Tom very much um and i can't advocate anybody going to uh yelling and screaming at somebody's house if he came and yelled and screamed outside of my house which has happened a couple of times all i do is dig in my heels (laughs) and want to do more of whatever has made everybody outside so mad i'll be right back
0: Uh... greg kelly entertaining and informative on the red apple podcast network
1: so yeah, that 1023, we haven't gotten around to that yet. It's a big, big, big deal. The 1023 form that the FBI has, they use it to fill out, um, well, all kinds of sensitive information about potential crimes and an unnamed CHS, a confidential human source, came to the FBI, somebody they know, by the way, somebody they've worked with a lot, somebody that obviously has some credibility with the organization and... uh they well, this stuff is dynamite. This stuff is dynamite. Let's uh, it's four pages long. FBI letterhead right there at the very top. The CHS confidential human source. And they call it a CHS throughout the document. Right. Um, this guy is talking to somebody named Zlochevsky. Who's Zlochevsky? He is the head of Barisma. He's the guy who actually started Barisma, And this guy has a conversation with him and he has a couple of phone call conversations with him. And Zlochevsky tells him they hired Hunter Biden to protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems. An executive replied that Hunter Biden was not smart and they wanted to get additional counsel. The confidential human source told Zlochevsky that due to Shokin's investigation into Burisma, which was made public at this time, it would have a substantial negative impact on Burisma's prospective IPO in the United States. They wanted to expand into the united states but with that guy choking the prosecutors snooping around that was hurting the whole damn project zlochevsky replies something to the effect of don't worry hunter will take care of all those issues through his dad that's why they hired him why would they hire this weirdo drug addict from delaware uh give him three million dollars why they wanted access to the old man who they thought could still do things for them which actually he could he got this guy fired The confidential human source suggested it would be best if Burisma simply litigate the matter in Ukraine and pay some attorney $50,000. Why don't you do it that way? (laughs) Zlochevsky actually laughs out loud at this at the CHS's number, $50,000. He said, well, it's funny for a couple of reasons. It costs five, five million dollars to pay one Biden and five million dollars to pay another Biden. You see, over there in Ukraine and Russia... Paying off officials is kind of what's done, right? You don't do it. uh, you, You just don't do it any other way. That's the way it's done. It's expected. It's custom. The confidential human source told Zlochevsky that any such payments to the Bidens would complicate matters, and Burisma should hire some normal U.S. oil and gas advisors because the Bidens have no experience with that business sector. You know, I really like this, CHS, don't you? <laughs> he's <laughs> uh, he's a common sense guy, and he's got all kinds of scoop, and he's telling the police. That's what he should do. Zlochevsky made some comment that although Hunter Biden was stupid and his Zlochevsky's dog was smarter, Zlochevsky needed to keep Hunter Biden on board so everything will be okay. <laughs> the confidential human source inquired whether Hunter Biden or Joe Biden told Zlochevsky he should retain Hunter Biden. Zolchevsky said they both did. Hmm. They both told, told Zolchevsky that they should retain Hunter Biden. Joe and Hunter, retain me. The confidential human source, CHS, did not want to be involved with the Biden matter. Good thinking. Zolchevsky responded that he appreciated the confidential human source's advice, but it's too late to change his decision. The confidential human source understood this to mean that Zlochevsky, I'm reading right from the document, that, that the Democrats and the FBI does not want me to see, or you to see, or you to hear from, but I got it right here. And they're lying because they say this puts uh, the CHS at risk. It doesn't. More on that in a moment. The CHS understood this to mean that Zlochevsky had already paid the Bidens, presumably to deal with Shokin. CHS asked Lucheski whether he was concerned about Barisma's involvement with the Bidens. Zlochevsky stated he did not want to pay the Bidens, but he was pushed to pay them. Zochevsky stated Shokin had already been fired and no investigation was currently going on, and nobody would find out about his financial dealings with the Bidens. Yikes. Um although in a way, a lot of people haven't, because this has been this has been covered up. Um Let's see here. Uh, the confidential human source stated, I hope you have some backup proof for your words, namely that Zlochevsky was forced to pay the Bidens. Can you prove this? Zlochevsky replied, he has many text messages and recordings that show that he was coerced to make such payments. Recordings. That's very customary as well over there. Everybody records everything. You ever notice, you ever see the YouTube videos of the car crashes? Right. Or the crazy antics that happen in the back of a car? You ever notice that most of them are from Russia? Most of them are from Eastern Europe? See, over there, it is totally customary. Everybody who's riding a car has a camera that that just records everything. We don't do that here. Sometimes you see it and you get into an Uber, the camera's on you. But generally speaking, we don't do it like they do it. But they do it. And they did it on the Bidens, it sounds like. Uh, Let's see. Zlochevsky later jokingly asked the confidential human source if the confidential human source was an Oracle due to the confidential human source's advice that Zlochevsky should not pay the Bidens and instead hire an attorney to litigate the matter concerning Shokin. And it goes on like this. This is smoking gun end of presidency stuff. This is impeachment, this is resignation territory, this is criminal prosecution territory. But for now, Joe Biden still enjoys Democrat immunity. But as I read this thing, that looks like it could expire in two minutes.
0: Greg Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
9: And I was supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh Yatsenyuk, that they would take action against the state prosecutor and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference said, no, nah. I said I'm not gonna or, or we're not gonna give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority, you're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you you're not getting the billion dollars. I said you're not getting the billion. I'm gonna be leaving here and I think it was what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Got fired.
1: You know, there's actually more truth to that story than I initially realized. Uh, (laughs) There actually is a lot more truth. You've got to change one word there, Uh, two words, actually. If I'm not getting the million dollars, (laughs) he's. uh, Wait, you give me a million. How did that go again? Oh, wait, wait. Barisma gave him the money. Yes, Barisma, he's leaving a big chunk out. Barisma gave him the money. And then he wanted those guys fired. He wanted Shokin fired. There's not another country in the world where President Biden could even name a local prosecutor, let alone try to get one fired. It makes total and complete sense. It's right there. It's staring us in the face. Hunter Biden gets a no-show job for $3 million a year. Signing bonus of $10 million. All kinds of crazy money. Now the total from Burisma to the Bidens is $17 million. Yeah, but uh, as Tony Bobulinski said, uh, there's plausible deniability. They have it in so many LLCs, you'll never be able to tie it directly to Joe Biden. Well, we got Hunter. <laughs> and why would Hunter be sharing this money with Haley, with his wife, with his ex-wife, with uh, his uncle, two uncles, and uh, 17 grandchildren? Hmm? That's the way it works. That's the way it works. It's worked that way all along. Uh, you delegate the corruption. You delegate it. So when you hear him boast about getting that prosecutor fired uh, and you look at these things, what he's trying to do is couch what he did, the corrupt act, as something that he can talk about in public and therefore somehow it inoculates him. It inoculates him from charges of corruption. Back to this 1023, um, just a couple of more quick things. The, 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 The confidential human source... Uh, let's see, regarding the seemingly open and unsolicited admissions uh, by Zlochevsky about the purpose for their retention of Hunter Biden and the forced payments Zlochevsky made to the Bidens, the confidential human source explained, it is very common for businessmen in post-Soviet countries to brag or show off. Additionally, it is extremely common for business in Russia and Ukraine to make bribe payments to various government officials. The confidential human source did not perceive Zlochevsky's statements to be unusual, self-serving, or pretextual regarding important business meetings. It is also common in Ukraine and Russia for persons to make covert recordings. It's interesting how the FBI is querying the confidential human source. Give us more detail. Tell us more. What are your thoughts here? This is not some crank who called into the FBI hotline with some story he heard on the Internet. This guy has real stuff here. Uh, The Confidential Human Source uh, said that Zolchevsky said he had 17 recordings involving the Bidens. Two of the recordings included Joe, and the remaining 15 recordings included only Hunter. And by the way, I'm told that Zolchevsky gave them to his sister. His sister has them. And his sister has made... Two copies, and she told two friends, and she told two friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. Remember that from the shampoo commercial? Uh, let's see here. The Confidential Human Source reiterated that per Zlochevsky, these recordings, evidence Lochevsky was somehow coerced into paying the Bidens to ensure Ukraine Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin was fired. But wait a second, the international community was demanding the termination of Shokin. The the European Union and the entire interagency, well, guess who could actually get the European Union and the interagency to give him some cover, to give him a pretext? Joe Biden, he could work the phones, he could say, the boss, when the boss wants something, the boss gets something. And the little minions like Vindman and the rest make sure the boss gets what he wants. Right, right, right. It's very clear to me. Hey, earlier we were talking about Tony Bennett and uh what a great life, huh? What a great American life. 96 top of his game. He was performing up until the very end. Um just great. Great, great, great. What a great life. I hear it all morning long. Now I even found myself saying it, RIP. Rest in peace. There's something about that I don't like. It's like a it's like what you see on the gravestone of a cartoon mouse, you know, like on Tom and Jerry when like somehow they dreamt of being killed or the right. It doesn't seem adequate for a person. R.I.P. You see it in cartoons, not in real life. Does anybody say? I don't know. I mean, it's become a thing that we say, but I don't think we should say it anymore. Um, all right. 10.23. What does it mean? Does it move the needle? Not if you're looking at the mainstream media. Also, not if you're looking at the so-called conservative media. I've been watching Fox News. They're kind of dancing all around this. You know, it makes them very uncomfortable. I mean, they're so conflicted. They don't know what the hell they stand for over there. They don't stand for ideas. They don't stand for, they stand for fulfilling whatever the hell it is that Rupert Murdoch wants fulfilled. Uh, That's, uh, that's, somebody called in earlier and said, well, it's the job of the media to provide information. No, it's not. Actually, I wish it was. I wish we had something like that, but we don't. We don't have anything like that. And uh, billionaires tend to, Rupert gets what he Rupert wants. And Rupert cannot stand Donald Trump. And he wants to stop it. And by the way, it's not just a media campaign with this guy. There's all kinds of stuff he can do behind the scenes, all kinds of stuff with that kind of money. And people will do all kinds of stuff for that kind of money. Uh, you know what I mean, Sandra? Hello.
10: Greg, you know, I was thinking about uh, RFK and what he said about the virus. As far back as I can remember, the virus did not discriminate. It got all of us. So he said that COVID may have been ethically targeted at the black and the white people, sparing the Ashkenazi Jews and the Chinese people. So I asked my husband what he thought. I didn't take offense by it. I didn't think it was anti-Semitic. But I asked my husband, and his reaction was, you know, I'm an Ashkenazi Jew, and you're a Sephardic Jew. You got COVID twice. Your mother got it. I never got it. So that's just kind of weird, but you never know. So then I said to myself, I'm going to this town hall meeting on Tuesday. I'm very excited. I'll get to meet Robert F. Kennedy. And I'm going to ask him... You know, why does he claim what
1: he claims, you know, about? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm keep going. Follow. Yeah.
10: No, I'm just going to ask him what the basis is of his claims. And, and if he believes in science, how is this possible? But I never took this as being racial. I didn't.
1: Yeah, I know. Everyone is the cheapest thing, you know, anti-Semitic right off the bat there. And your husband's Ashkenazi. A lot of folks were not familiar with Sephardic or Ashkenazi, but, uh There is is a thing there. The Ashkenazis, oh, by the way, they're kind of amazing, right? Yes. They're special in the Jewish world.
10: How do you say that? Why do you say that?
1: Well, they have a reputation of being really smart.
10: Well, so are the Sephardics. (laughs) They're both smart. You you guys,
1: too. But there are differences. What are the differences? What are the differences between Sephardic and Ashkenazi?
10: All I know is when I got married to Michael, the rabbi said, this marriage is going to work because I'm Sephardic. And he, I remember the rabbi said, you know, normally I wouldn't want to put these two together, but I believe this marriage is going to work. I don't know why he said that, but he did say it and, and he was right. It did work. You're <laughs> still together. Um, what
1: are the, what are the main difference? Let's go to the encyclopedia. Uh, in time, all Jews who have... Oh gosh, no! This is this is This is... Uh, da, 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 I don't know what the hell I'm reading here. All right. Well, anyway, uh, live and let live. Anyway. Thank you very much, uh, Sandra. Where are you going to go see RFK?
10: Okay, Tuesday night. Hannity's having him at his town hall um, get together. Is so Hannity going to let?
1: Is, is he, is he going to let RFK talk? I wonder. Is he going to let uh, RFK say I, something? I hope so.
10: I'll let you know. I I'll love you know. Hannity,
1: but sometimes he can get a little bit, you know, he, can, he right. uh, you can tell. You can tell when Trump was looking at him. You can tell, like, you know, do I get to talk here? You know, are you done, Sean? Are you done? Sean, maybe you should run for president. I know you thought about it. He did think about it once, Sean Hannity. All right. Thank you, Sandra. It's so nice to hear from you. Uh, it's true that um, sooner or later, broadcasters, they want to uh, – You know, they want to make a difference, and I understand that. I thought about running for Congress a long time ago, 15 years ago. Actually, actually I actually pursued it. I went and met with the people you got to meet with, and, uh, you know, you sit down with this committee and that committee, and you know what, the people who run the whole damn thing, you know, like the, the, the congressional committees and the ones who recruit candidates and stuff like that, and you know what they wanted to talk about? Only money. That's it. How much money you got? How much can you get? How much money can we get for you? How much money can you get for us? I was like, are we going to talk about the issues? <laughs> <laughs> Young man, have a seat. It doesn't work that way. Ah, that's, all, that's all right. What do they say? America. Uh, democracy. It's the worst system in the world, except for all the others. <laughs> okay, so we got problems, but still better for now. You know, if um if Biden somehow prevails or Kamala Harris uh, is, is, is becomes president and stays president, this country really will be kind of finished. It will be fundamentally different. I will be definitely looking into uh well, I don't want to be one of those guys saying I'm going to move to Canada, but uh I'm going to explore all of uh, my options. I really am. I just don't uh, I don't know. You have children, right? Do you want them uh subjected to the drag time story hour, right? you want them it's one thing to have drag time story hour for adults if that's what you want to do but for kids in the public schools anytime anybody tries to tell me that eric adams like he seems like he's a really good guy he seems like he you know he's really out to st- stop crime number 1 he, he isn't number 2 even if he was he doesn't know how number 3 uh overdressed right i mean who the hell dresses like that if you dress like that you're crazy uh and number 4 Drag time story hours for kids. It's one of the first things he ratified with all of his power, all of his clout, especially when he got there the first uh, six weeks as mayor. He comes and endorses drag time story hour for children in public schools. Um, That is radical and weird and stupid. And in my book, unforgivable, actually. Everything's forgivable, but, uh, well, God, you let God will take care of that. That, that I, I'm not. No, I don't. I don't give him a pass on that. Aldo, what's up?
6: Hey, Greg. Listen, uh, Antonio,
2: Antonio Gigi Benedetto. Not only was in the front lines World War II, God rest his soul. He also, yeah, I know American he was a
1: ve- he was a veteran.
2: And you know what else? He invited a brother American veteran, brother American soldier. Hey,
1: uh, your name isn't Aldo anyway. What is up with you in this stuff? What is what? it with you? Why do you try to sneak this stuff in? What? what?
6: Why are you? Doing Al, you know
1: doing what? No, 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 no. Wait. Make your point again.
6: American, American yeah. suicide. All
1: right. Thank you. I love talking about suicide. Nothing, nothing more interesting than suicide. Aldo, Aldo. You know what? You can actually. I think it's actually breaking the law when you call a radio station and you change your name. It's you, you can get in trouble for that. You can get in trouble for that. Look. If Chuck Schumer can say this, well, there's not actually a good analogy. Skip that. Aldo, you're on thin ice around here. I'm going to ban you for life if you keep this up. All right. I think he got the message. <laughs> Ellie in Mineola.
5: Hi, Greg. Can I use, can I use my nickname Ellie? <laughs> you don't ban me, okay?
1: <laughs> well, that guy, I got oh. other issues with that guy. Wait, you tell me Ellie's not your real name?
5: It's a, it's a nickname. It's, yeah, it's what I, most of my friends call me. All so, right, it's fine. You know, What's you're up? my friend. So. Okay. So I wanted to, very briefly, um, education in the 1970s when I was in school has drastically changed since 1970s. Um, I attended a local public high school in New York City in the 70s, and I was blessed to have a wonderful English teacher in the 10th grade. Um, she had set the rules of the class on the first day of class, and she had said, I will never ever give a pop quiz i don't believe in them and they are not fair so we went through most of the school year just fine reading all these wonderful classic books including animal Form. and then what happened okay so one day when we were sitting waiting for class to begin the students were just quietly talking to each other the teacher slams her book on the desk and she said quiet down that's it we're having a pop quiz so we looked at her stunned. We were shocked. We were like, oh my God, you said, but you said you never, but, 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 but. So we argued for the next five minutes and we all gave in, opened our desk, took a paper and turned out. She looked at all of us and said, she screamed at us. She goes, you're a bunch of sheep. We just finished reading Animal Farm. What did I teach you? Don't you follow you know, the rules were broken. I broke the rules and you just went along and you didn't even fight me. So, you know what? At the age of 15, I learned to be a real, you know what? <laughs> you fight when things go wrong. You don't give in, and that's what she taught me in the 1970s. Schools have changed a whole lot now.
1: <laughs> wow, God what? An, that's teacher. an interesting little experiment she pulled. Uh, what school was that?
5: Uh, Stevenson. Where's that? It's in the Bronx. In, the, Bro- in the Bronx? Oh, the
1: Bronx! You said so. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cute. That's uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, uh, what an interesting lesson. What a powerful way to. Uh, to teach kids at beat-reading Animal Farm, let's face it, right?
5: Yeah, it was in the best.: it's, it it's not as good as they
1: say it is. It's not as good. It's a better—I've actually seen a cartoon version of it, and, yeah, it's basically anti-communist, anti-socialist, anti-Marxist. And uh, uh, anyway, thank you so much. And thank you to George Orwell, whose real name, as I recall, was Eric Blair. I don't know why I remember that, but uh, I do. I'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Oh, a uh, so look at this. A woman, a woman, a female has been nominated to be the top sailor of the Navy. The chief of naval operations nominated by Joe Biden is Lisa Franchetti. Admiral Lisa Franchetti. Lisa, isn't that stylish? Uh, all right. Lisa Franchetti. I'm going through her uh, bio here. A lot of these senior admirals, their 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 resumes read very similar. So it looks like she's got all the right checks in the boxes. You know, uh, this ship, that ship, this destroyer squadron, that destroyer squadron, this uh, this staff, that staff, all that stuff. Um, and there are a lot of people with records like this. Not a lot, dozen, two dozen, something like that. You stick around long enough, you know, you you, you command carrier strike. Group 15, Carrier Strike Group uh, 9, let's see, the USS, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, Does she really have what it takes to lead the Navy? I don't know. I don't know. I think that a woman possibly does. Was this an affirmative action thing? Unfortunately, the culture that we live in, that is a question you kind of want to ask right away, right? Because we're not a merit-based society, because so often this stuff is done for optics and for virtue signaling and all that stuff. So, unfortunately for her, she's going to have a bit of a cloud over her head, right? Did she get it on the merits, or did she get it because of her uterus? Uh, I wish wish the answer was just so straightforward, but it's not anymore.
10: Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right.
1: James Flippen has a big piece of news. This is—I don't think this has happened before. I've been alerted that you know you got a big story to report. So uh, what do you got there, oh, James? Man. This
11: is the first one that I'm coming in with on a breaking well, news side.
1: Technically, yes, not under these circumstances. The, the supervisor
11: over there. Yeah. Is, all right. So what do we got? Well, I just thought it was worthwhile to mention this particular story because earlier this week we talked about the gentleman who's get to the news. What happened? Okay. Well, the first ever professional coach in prof- in, in American sports came out as gay. And this is a gentleman by the name of Kevin Maxson. He's an associate strength coach with the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. He's not even a head coach? He is not. This is such a bust. (laughs) First of all, it would have been a bust even if he were the head coach. It's even more of a bust that he's the strength coach. Who the hell
11: cares? You would have heard about it probably if it was the head coach.
1: Who cares? What? Team sport and football, right? That's correct. Some guy you never heard of, you never would hear of, you would never, ever, ever hear of some strength coach for some team somewhere, uh, whether he's married to a woman or a man. Uh, oh, gosh. so But get this. Now he's like, ooh, it's is it international news? Let's check. Let's check. Is it everywhere? What's his name again? Kevin Maxson? Kevin Maxson. M-A-X-E-N. You know, mm, let's see. Kevin, oh, M-A-X-E-N. Let's see. Boom! It's all over the world. It's all over the world. Thousands of headlines, global headlines, Us Weekly, CNN, People, NFL.com, The Atlantic, Fox News, The Daily Beast. I can go on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Somebody you never heard of is gay.
11: (laughs) He checks a lot of boxes on the demographic side. He says he's a black Jew who's dated both men and women and who has been a strength coach at the highest level of professional Is that
1: supposed to make him better than me? Uh, No, I think it's supposed to make him better than me. I think he thinks because he's all these different things that somehow he's better than the rest of us. You know, sorry, I'm just plain old white bread Greg, you know? Boy, Christian, heterosexual, what a dud. Boy, oh boy, nobody, what, really? This? Now this you can write a story about, though,
11: huh? Playing devil's advocate, do you think there's anything to be said for like a a macho, kind of tough position, like a football coach saying, hey, this is okay? Well, you mentioned the devil. Now let's stop it
1: right there. I mean, I'm a little bit like this is being, there are some people in certain religions, right, who aren't, who have been told, who have been taught. That sexuality is reserved between a man and a woman. Should be. Now, there's something to be said for that. In that, having experienced those things as a single person for a very long time, you know, it's not all fun. (laughs) You know what I mean? A lot of harm can go with that. That life. So, I don't know. I mean, with the flags and the celebration and the this and the... I think it's almost coercive. Mm -hmm. I think there's this kind of mob thing. And even this guy, Kevin, who I'm sure is a nice guy, but I'm reading his quotes. And quite frankly, they're a little bit obnoxious. I don't mean to get like a jerk. I hope I'm not being jerk. No,
11: I mean, even somebody who has, you know, myself, I'm, you know, I'm married to a guy. So I'm a member of the so-called community. But like he talked about how he and the players will joke about stuff. There's all kinds of photos on social media of him with his boyfriend. So it's like it's not it wasn't a secret. Well, what would they joke about? Uh, he's he. I I don't know if I have it in this particular. You see, article, I, it, but sound, he said it sounds like, to me
1: like they give him a hard time about being gay, but playfully so.
11: Playfully so, yeah. Well, I
1: know, but okay. Careful. Now he's sending all kinds of crazy mixed messages. Next time a regular person with a regular job makes a joke like that, they could be fired and canceled in yeah. about eight seconds. So well, that's true. But this guy says the quote is this: "I want to be vocal in support of people living how they want to live, but I also want to just live and not." fear about people how people will react i think we're beyond that i mean i think it's just what can i do for attention it reminds me of maria Menunos. remember her mm-hmm. maria menounos it's like a spokesmodel and she was always showing up in a bikini just to get attention i think this is a play for attention um let's see what else here I, heard, I thought he said he wanted to come out and inspire people. Oh yes, he hopes to inspire others by publicly coming out as gay. Who is left to inspire? <laughs> Every man, woman, and child knows that this is supposed to be the, the,
6: the this is the preferred narrative.
11: I know it's not your fault, James. No, well, and, and just to go back on what I said, he, he may not have been as open with the players up until this point because he says, I have a pretty good sense of humor, so a lot of the guys I can joke with and not take anything personally, he's confident he can win over any doubters. So I, I, don't, I don't know. All right, so things are happening very quickly, I think too quickly. So this guy comes out as gay. Do you
1: realize that there's some head coach who was fired not too long ago Because in a private email, he used the F word, it rhymes with bag, Mm -hmm. in a private email. They found that email, and they fired the guy. Now, I was a kid in the 70s and part of the 80s. That word, as ugly as it is now, was mainstream slang. Mm
11: -hmm. Even in the 90s, it was.
1: Yeah. So... (laughs) Something is kind of totally flipped. And the other day, you know, I saw this LGBTQ plus flag right in front of the church, like, like daring you somehow. Uh, what? Like, wow. Maybe there might be a cross here. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I feel like this guy is. You know what? This is a this is a play for a promotion. He wants to be head coach. Oh,
11: yeah. You might be.
1: <laughs> this is it. This is it. This is all about him. Makes sense. This is all about his career. Inspiring boys and girls. Inspiring others. This is America. This is dog-eat-dog. Survival of the fittest. I'm sorry. I mean, we have a community and all, and, you know, but... You know, this guy wants to be a, a head coach, not the – what is he, the strong coach? Uh, the strength st- coach. The yeah. strength coach. Associate, what is that? Associate. Associate. What
11: does that mean? Do your weights, guys? More reps? What does he do? How do you do that? How, that's a guy, well, what does that guy do? He probably puts together, you know, training regiments and you know, like exercises. And don't
1: stuff. we know how to do that? Isn't that in a pamphlet <laughs> or something? Right? Isn't that a website that's that could take you in through the that?
11: NFL, all that training.
1: Uh, well, there's even bigger money as a head coach, and that's where the real life-changing, game-changing, generational wealth money is coming from, and uh, that's what he wants. And I'm sick of him. What's his handle on Twitter? I'm going to say something nasty about him. <laughs> I Not about his sexuality. I, there, okay. I don't like him. For a number of reasons. It has nothing to do with him being gay. It actually has to do with how he's marketing and using and exploiting his sexuality now.
11: I don't see his social media on here, but I do see that you can send media requests to Jaguars Communications. Oh, that sounds very corporate and
1: lame, and it's going to take uh, ten, 10 weeks for me to get a polite blow-off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jaguar Communications. Well, uh, what do we say? I mean, can he just live his life? I think you should can. I come yeah. out? Should I? I mean, I know this is cliche now, but should I come out as a heterosexual? Should I announce to everybody? Should maybe, I announce? I guess they
11: kind of know. That'll spur your run to the mayoralty. Will
1: us. it? It's actually not going to. It. It probably. Gosh, maybe I should come out as something. <laughs> it would help my career. You ever notice how many gay people are on television, in news? Yeah. It, right. There's not one. There is not one straight white male uh, major anchor. At a major network right now. So then, I've, I've there's hope for me then. Totally, <laughs> t- t- totally. These there guys, and you know what? I have to say, and I've said this before. I admire this about the LGBTQ community. You guys look out for each other. You really do. You know what I mean? You hook each other up. You. Uh, I remember this guy was the best boss I ever had. Happened to be gay, and he. Uh, but he knew everybody in the company was gay. He knew the CFO was gay. He knew the intern was gay. He knew the janitor uh, went both ways. He knew all this stuff. Do you guys talk like that a lot?
11: Uh, I I don't personally, but but I mean, you
1: know what I mean. I'm more right than wrong, right?
11: I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean I'm not let in on those meetings, I guess, for whatever reason. But were you? I'm not saying it's happening here. <laughs> here
1: we're all just uh, you know one big happy family. Hundred percent. I would just say this: everybody, nobody at this point is shocked. Nobody at this point cares. But when it's like kind of like. Celebrated, and it's automatic, and it's starting. To, it's starting to frustrate. I think uh, some of us, and by what do I mean by us? I don't really know,
11: but I think that's fair. I think there is a level of frustration with it. It's like you know, what is it really a big story? Is it a big deal?
1: Well, um, all right. So what do we do with that? I guess the other thing is, though, there are things that should unite us. You know, we're now we're not defined by. I hope we're not defined by that stuff. I mean, there's just. So much more important things, as the human experience. Sex is a pretty quick act. For some, very very quick, right, yeah, right, right. Some and, more than others. I mean, and then what? Right. It's like what then? then you got to live with the person. Now what? Now now what? What comes next? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. And the other thing about this is, you, uh, very few people can profit from it. You you have it in private, right? You have it in private. Um, you can't do it in public, except you know certain people. Right.
8: Well, it's not nah. that
1: it, – what I'm trying to say is it's not that special. We all – we think – I remember when I was you – know, I thought uh, this, this really made me special. No, it doesn't. Every single person in the world has been created by a sex act. Every single person, right? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, goodbye to uh, – what's his name again?
11: Kevin Maxson. <laughs>
1: is uh, he what is he getting a shout out by the Biden administration <laughs> F-
11: future head coach he hopes I'm uh, sure Kevin Maxon
1: all right well thanks
11: for the update thank you Greg and um, uh, yeah good so- I'm glad we can talk about this in an, in an open way yeah why not I mean we should be able to say eh, is that really a big deal is that a big story I don't know right
1: right and um, so I got one more question are you a thousand percent sure you're going to be gay forever
11: <laughs> Well, I mean, at this point, I'm pretty uh, set in my ways, I think, in terms of like, yeah. you know, I already went past puberty. Okay. But you know for sure? <laughs> ah, you're, see, you're <laughs> not so sure. Because, I mean, it, just it, it's the term that we, it's bisexual is technically the term, not. So LGBTQ. Right. That's you. Yeah. The B. Yeah. I'm, I'm a member of the community. That I did, I thought you were G, not B. Wow, but see, is that also that's breaking news now? Well, it's you know eyebrow raising internally, but I mean, I'm I'm spoken for, so it doesn't matter.
1: Well, does it? I mean, the whole thing is like, are you in? um, All right, well, we should stop there.
11: (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Okay,
1: thank you, James. Thank you, Greg. Uh, I thought that was I thought that was productive, relatively. I know I got a little bit, but um. I do wonder, I do wonder, I do wonder, I do wonder, I do wonder. Barbara, what do you think about all that?
7: Okay, well, I just turned the show on. I was on hold, so I didn't hear all of that. But the end that I heard sounded very interesting.
1: Okay, good. We'll leave it at that. You have something much more important to talk about. What is it?
7: Okay. Well, I was glad to hear you going through the list of things that people can do to help the situation and, and, and canceling some of the things that are totally impractical. But I have a few more suggestions I would like to make. Please. For example, these uh, drag queen story hours, there is nothing to prevent me or any of your listeners from going up to my local library and pre- presenting and proposing that I'm going to do a story hour on the foundation of our nation. And there are really good books for young children. So I don't have to be an expert on this, but the books are magnificent and they're easy to find. And I could also do a story hour on the Bible. The libraries cannot refuse me because it's religious, because they can't just like the school's. They cannot discriminate against religion. So the library story hours, I could go up with two or three of my friends. We could each read a book to the children and talk with them and try to offset some of this other stuff. The other thing that people can do is they can go to their church. And they, or they can go to their church study group. And on our website, on Americans for Freedom of Religion, every week there's a lesson on religious freedom and the founding of our nation. And they can take that page, and they can read it, and they can discuss it with people. They can also go to the website Library of Hope. On Libraries of Hope, there are wonderful books that were written a hundred years ago, before our history was being messed with, about the founding fathers, about the founding principles of our nation. There are so many things you can do. You can wear a flag pin every day. You can wear a, you have a bumper magnet on your car. You can go to your school and you can say, I would like to sponsor a program that teaches about our founding fathers. Now, there are many programs out there. I happen to know a man who, as an ex-teacher, he has made it his mission to play the persona of samuel adams
1: oh my goodness gracious this is a wow that are we ever going to get time to watch tv <laughs> this is a lot we can well, do this is a lot of stuff it's great stuff though it's great stuff we got to find the time i like what you said about going to the library you know we can go to the library and it doesn't have to be drag time story hour it can be but i can already feel i i can feel the pushback already you know what i mean can you feel it that this is going to create some resistance. It's amazing. You'd get better received, more well received if you showed up in drag than if you showed up as yourself wanting to read you know, stories of patriotism. That's my sense.
7: I, I'm not sure. I hope that's not true. I'm not sure because I've been on vacation for the past month or so, and I've been talking to a lot of young family members and young parents, and they're very interested in the kind of thing that I'm talking about. They're very interested in having their children educated in the religious foundations of this country, having their children appreciated, having their children know the freedoms on which we were founded, and they are teaching them. So no one has to do the whole list that I give or that you give, but everything, as one of our founders said, if everyone chooses one mission and every day does something, no matter how small, to move that mission forward. The power is immense, is unimaginable, of the American people.
1: Wow, we love it. Hey, what's that website, once again, if you don't mind, where people can find uh, your group?
7: Uh, Americans, uh, A-F-F-O-R dot org.
1: Um, And say what that stands for.
7: Americans for Freedom of Religion.
1: Americans for Freedom of Religion, theinitials.org. It's so valuable. Barbara, you are so valuable. We thank you again. And I'll be right back. Uh. Greg
0: Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: This story is getting a lot of play now that somehow Rex Hoyerman was killing these women, possibly inside the house, inside his own house. Uh, there's no way. There's no way. Uh, He would have been caught even sooner. I mean, presumably the women would have arrived, right, with their cell phones, right? I mean, the cell phone is like a great big billboard in your pocket about where you are, who you are, what's going on. That thing, uh, I don't think he would have taken that chance. Uh, I doubt it was being done at the house, and then he would have to get the body out of the house somehow. And did you notice the garage that he has? Uh, given the state of the house, that was no way you would drive a car into that garage. It was that was a garage that has a lot of you know junk in it all over the place. So you'd have to take the body out of the house somehow. And uh, with all those neighbors and that tight knit community, I think they would have. Uh, I think he would have been nailed. Uh, the other thing, people are kind of reminding folks about uh, those guys who were running the department for as long as they were. Uh, Burke, what's his name? Burke, Chief Burke who went to federal prison because of uh, an assault, and there was a sexual overtone to a lot of the stuff. And for some reason, this district attorney out there, uh, a couple of DAs ago, Spoda, was in on it, and the cover-up and everything like that. So when you're spending all your time covering up for your own personal crimes, you're not pursuing uh, real crimes as aggressively as you should. Listen, that's the week, pretty much. And uh, in honor of Rush, very quickly, Gary, hello.
6: Hey, my, your father, everybody talked about your father running for the last election. This bomber, was it de Blasio? Everybody loved your father. Great police commissioner. Why didn't he run for mayor?
1: Well, you know what? It's like you look at the, you look at the last two guys who became mayor, Adams and de Blasio. Absolute nobodies, right? Nobodies, Nobody's who wanted to be somebody. And you got to think long and hard before you get into it. Look at what they did to Trump. You know? But unlike these other guys, my dad had a reputation and a lifetime of achievement. You know, you want to put that all on the line so some jerk can, uh, you know, run nasty commercials about you? You know, I I don't know. Politics is uh, a pretty crummy game. And, uh, you know, in the end, I don't think he just just didn't want to go through with all that stuff. And oh, by the way, he wasn't a shoo-in. He wasn't a shoo-in. I mean, the way the system works here and the Democrat Party kind of controlling everything. So... Um, but I would have been a great mayor. He would have been a great mayor. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's the way it goes. But thanks for asking, uh, Gary, uh, Steve. Yeah.
2: Hello, Greg. Hey, uh, Greg, I feel like I got deja vu all over again when I hear that clip of, uh, Biden taught making the references to Ukraine, um, I used to carry that clip around prior to the uh, 2016 election and play it for anybody who would listen. And it didn't have any impact. And I'm just trying to figure out if it's going to have any impact now.
1: It's weird. You know, that clip, as sensational as it is, let's play it real quick. Uh, Joe Biden bragging about getting that prosecutor fired.
9: And I was supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had, they were walking out to the press conference, said, no, nah, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion, I'm going to be leaving here, and I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a fraud, what a fraud. I'll see you next week.